Cool. All right, y'all. <clears throat> Let's begin. Always makes it more fun <clears throat> when uh, <laughs> the technical aspect of it behind the scenes gets uh, messed up. But hey, that, that, that's a part of the job. So Greg ran an ad to do this uh, webinar. I didn't even check how many people registered. I think it was like 230 or 250, something like that. And the, the whole prospect of this and the whole point is to break 100,000, right? Which for a lot of people is that first kind of barrier, I think. Um, a lot of people coming into the business are like myself, right? They didn't come from money. Um, I made more than six figures, but I made that as an athlete, not in real estate. So getting in the business world and doing something that to me was so foreign, seemed very difficult and a big question mark, right? Very unknown. So when I got in, that was the thing. My goal initially was to make 200,000 my first year with the commissions. And that was just a result of me being lofty with my goals. I had good people around me at the time at that office. And that's just kind of what they pushed to me. So I said, why not? But still, even breaking six figures and, and 200,000 in this business, I knew was going to be simple, but not easy. So for a lot of people, until they hit that mark, they really have a challenge seeing beyond it. So what I want to cover today is a lot of the things that I did and focused on specifically in order to break past that barrier. Now I'm noticing that um, I left my binder over there. So I'm going to grab my binder because I put a few key words and notes there. I'll be right back. All right, let's begin. First things first, the, the whole issue that people have, right? And, and this comes with new agent, intermediate, advanced, anything in between. And uh, this also goes from business to business too, and it's not particular to just real estate, right? We need the ability to do this continuously, and we need to figure out how to successfully, especially if you want to break six figures, build a consistent pipeline, meaning a lead flow right? Whatever you want to call it, pipeline, lead flow, and make it continuous. Meaning, however I do it, however I designate it, whether it's through myself, whether I pay a company, whether I uh, have Harry Potter magic with my wand and I wave it, I figure out a way to have leads constantly coming in, meaning potential people who are going to transact in real estate and have me represent them. Or at the very least, for me to have an opportunity to interview, right? So you're at least thrown into the mix. We need that and we need that consistently. So for a new agent, right? Or anybody who doesn't have consistent income and wants to break 100,000 in commissions earned, that is one of the prerequisites. Now, what I want to talk a little bit about is how we can go about creating a process for you starting from nothing in order to facilitate that. I can't guarantee at the end of this short webinar that you'll have everything that you need for that but at least give you some foundational knowledge on how to create it, where to start, and some things that you can do in order to create for yourself the ability to be a self-sustaining machine, meaning you don't require from anything outside of you to create that. So if I grabbed you, right, and you're in like Las Vegas and I dropped you in North Carolina or Montana or New York, you could recreate what you already had, no problem, because you already have the tools to do so. That's what I'm referring to when I make this point, okay? So creating a pipeline. So what does that mean? Well, I need leads. I need people who are interested in buying and selling. And that means, well, let's start from the beginning. You're a new agent or you're somebody who doesn't have consistent business. This means 
whichever way you want to cut it, slice it, measure it, you're going to have to interact with people and have conversations with individuals in order to find leads because you have two options, right? If you have a tremendous amount of bankroll and a lot of money, you can pay, right? You can pay. I can do Facebook advertising. I can do mailers and you could put money out in order to potentially receive inquiries on your website, on your phone, or people reaching out to you to say, hey, Brian, I'm interested in buying or selling, or I had a question, et cetera, et cetera. Or through your own efforts organically on social media, posting, or your own efforts prospecting, lead generating yourself, meaning direct sales, that would be your main opportunity to do it. Now, me being new, me not having broke six figures in business and not having a lot of savings and you know that bankroll that I discussed in the beginning, I had no choice but to do it the old school way, right? So it's direct sales, meaning I have to go out there and interact with people and have multiple conversations, many, many, many every day to then get a small percentage of people who will be interested and then get their information. This is how we start filling the pipeline. And I'm going to start going over later in the webinar, how to ensure and increase the percentage of you converting these people and turning them into clients. But first we need the avenue to open up the floodgates and have them come in. So you're either going to pay for them or you're going to talk to people and you have to make a decision, right? I'm going to recommend when you can, you do both, but you for sure have to do the direct sales side of it. And that's going to require something out of you. All right. Because when I'm having interactions with people and I'm having potential opportunities come up, I knock on a door, I make a phone call, I bump into somebody on the street. There's a lot of variables there, right? And if we start going over some of the variables, having a system or not having a system, right? Following a script, right? Those are a few. Another one is your skill set, which we're going to cover later in this webinar too. That is one of the biggest offsetters for some of these things. If I was able to magically wave my wand and give you a unique or accelerated skill set compared to everybody else in regards to your communication and your processes, you would for sure break six figures because you would have to have less opportunities to create a better outcome, right? If what would normally take you 10 leads to get the one deal now takes you five, you've effectively doubled your income or doubled your opportunities or more. And you can keep scaling that up to a particular point. Then the beautiful part about that is then what you've learned and accomplished, you can pass on to others. So as you start scaling your business and you bring an assistant on and other agents, now you have the capacity to tenfold that, a hundredfold that, right? But that comes later. Move, dude. So we have to start with that. Now, my question to everybody here is, if you're not making $100,000 a year right now, all of you, I'm assuming, would have like a piece of paper like this in front of you or your iPad and your phone and you have your schedule, right? You need to take a cold, hard look at your schedule right now and say, what am I doing every day, right? Because when you're in this process of really increasing your income and growing your business, the beginning portion until you start building legitimate momentum that feeds in itself Right. So if you can imagine like the world's strongest man, when they start pulling the train or the truck, the first steps before they get motion is an extreme amount of effort. Just like when the rocket takes off, the majority of the fuel is burned in the first portion. Right. That means you're going to have to do a lot in that period to build this momentum that takes you to the promised land. So as you're looking at your schedule, what are you doing? right? Let's say I take any of you, boom, I pull you out of the crowd and you say, I work eight hours a day in real estate, right? I present the question. So-and-so, how much do you work every day in real estate? 
Oh, I, I put in eight solid hours every day. Okay. Then out of those eight hours, minimum half of your day needs to be spent on generating leads and building your pipeline. Okay. And sitting there dancing on TikTok is not filling your pipeline. Okay. Doing Instagram reels that are funny are not building your pipeline. Okay. Because I want to make a clear distinction here. Lead generation is separate from you posting content on social media. Let's make the first change. Can that get business for you? Absolutely. That's not considered lead generation. Why? I post and I sit back and wait. That's not active. It's passive. Okay. I'm talking about lead generation. If you're that person who works eight hours, half of your day needs to be spent generating leads. I'm talking to people and engaging in conversations that could potentially lead to me getting business. That doesn't include watching YouTube videos or being on webinars or doing random stuff that you're doing. I'm talking about bona fide lead generation. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You got to do it. Now, will you have to do it forever? No. But once you get good at it, the game changes. That comes later. You have to lead generate, right? Uh, more and more, like when I go on YouTube and I'm playing one of my videos, right? Because I'm, you know, I'm checking it out and the ads come up. Every fucking ad on my videos is, oh, you don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. And everybody sells you some stuff about how you don't have to lead generate, right? I remember getting calls from the Zillow reps. Hey, man, you don't have to cold call, sign up for Zillow. I'm like, bro, what did you just do right now to me? You cold called me, but I don't have to cold call. And then they would have nothing to say and they would hang up, right? I'm like, dude, the same strategy you just said I don't have to do, you did. So obviously there's something there. If those companies are doing it, right? And now it's not the only thing we're going to do, but when you're trying to really break hundred thousand and get your business off the ground, you have to do this. And this includes so many things. You can do cold calling. You can do door knocking, right? Now, one thing I'm going to suggest to you guys right now is how to fuse multiple activities together. Case in point, many of you want to become more educated on your market to make you more of a bona fide expert in your marketplace, right? That would be something you would want to do. Now, one of the, the cool things that you can do to help you with that is if I really want to be an expert, one thing is looking on the computer. Another thing is for me to get out there physically and be looking at these listings, looking at the inventory and seeing these sales happen. Those are two different positions because now when I sit in front of a homeowner or a seller, I can dialogue at a level that other people cannot. So what would I do in the beginning? Okay. I played this game, right? I wanted to be able to predict the sales price of any listing that came on the market. So I would find these listings, zero days on the market that were just posted one day, two days, three days, up to like four or five, right? And I would go look at them. I would go preview them, right? And then I would take a good look at it. I, I would get a feel for it. Okay, what's the layout, all right? On top of that, right, I was also looking at the market on a daily basis just to familiarize myself. But I started playing this game where I would guess, okay, how many days until it sells and gets under contract? And what's the final sales price going to be? And I would keep notes. I had this, uh, this legal pad, this yellow notepad paper, and I would do it. All right? So I would do this and I would do one, two, three a day, pretty much every day, four to five days a week. I didn't do it every day, but I did it very often. All right? And what would I do? I would preview it, but then I would door knock. I would door knock 10, 15, 20 doors around that house. Letting people, hey, have, have you seen the new listing yet? Have you gone inside and seen it? Oh, it's really cool, blah, 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 blah. Right? And I would do my little script. And then I would ask him, hey, do you want to stay updated on it? Do you want to know what it sells for when it finally does go under contract? 
most people say yes. Why? Everybody wants to know what the activity is in their neighborhood. And what would I do? I would use that as leverage to get their information and get their number, right? Because if you guys are out there talking to people every day, you better be collecting people's contact information and having a system to put it in. Because the next piece that I'm going to cover is your follow-up process and what to do to maximize opportunities. The number one thing I'm going to give you guys as far as advice when you're lead generating is create lasting connections when you lead generate. It doesn't matter if someone's going to do something now, next week, or they tell you never. Why? Because the same person who tells you they're never going to sell might have a life-changing scenario. This is the problem of having to do it in your home office, fucking animals, right? So you guys see my, my screen turning? It's because my cats keep pushing on the monitor, right? Cool. So <laughs> that's the stuff you got to deal with, right? Um, so going back to what I was saying, right? I, I, I would do this and you have to create those long lasting connections. Why? Well, okay. How many times have you guys spoken to somebody? Maybe once, and maybe it was a good conversation. Think back. Yet you didn't exchange information. You only met once and you talked for a couple minutes. Do you remember that person? Do you remember any details about them besides maybe their name or that it was a pleasant conversation? No. If they had a profession, you probably don't remember. And you wouldn't feel comfortable enough to reach out to them probably to do business with them, right? But hey, you met, you had a good conversation. They missed an important step of capturing your contact information and staying in touch with you. And that in today's world has become infinitely easier. Why? Part of my system to keep in touch, I know we're kind of going off topic here, but I want to touch on this. My social media is a way for me to stay in front of people because I post so damn much and share my team and my team posts so much, you can't help but see us. That was the first thing I got when I started putting content online 10 years ago. Whether it was Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, people said, dude, any app that I open, you're the first person I see. You know what I said? Fantastic. Because guess what? When it comes time for real estate, who are you going to think of? Me. And that's in addition to what I was doing, which is the emails and the system and all that stuff. Okay, but I want to make this point because when you capture people, you want them to become a part of your world. And when I get somebody's information, they become a part of my world, right? If somebody meets you at the door or on the phone and you're a realtor and you have a good conversation with them and you exchange information, don't you think they're going to Google you or check out your Instagram or your Facebook? Probably because they want to know, hey, did I just give my number to a creeper or a murderer or a weirdo? No, they're going to check into you a lot of people. Now, if they go on your profile, and your profile is good, you're posting a lot, you're consistent, you seem sharp, guess what? You just not only earned a fan, you earned a potential opportunity in the future if you do everything right after that. But we'll come to the second step later, okay? The number one thing that I shifted early on where I was making a mistake was that I was so hungry for the deal now that I wasn't thinking about the future. Every action that you take today, every call, every conversation, every door knock, every conversation you have on the street, whatever it is, if it goes good, meaning it's pleasant and people are engaging with you, get their information. There's no reason all of you should not be getting at least five, seven, 10 phone numbers every day, name, uh, address, phone number to add. Why? If I go door to door, right? If I go door to door, especially meet somebody in person, I ask them, do you have a business card? That question opens up an opportunity for a ton of stuff. What if they have a side hustle? What if they actually own a business? And they can become one of my vendors or partners to sponsor events. What if they become a contractor that I use? What if they have connections? You won't know unless you ask. And if I get a business card with somebody, what does it, what does it have? 
all their information, their email, their cell phone, and everything that I would want. Right? Because guess what? Later on, even though we're not going to talk about it on this webinar, I can host events and take it to that level where now I get involved in my area and community. Right? One of my team members in Vegas, Alejandra, she created a small business network and meetup group that now is thriving after only a couple months. And she created it based on a conversation that we had and a recommendation that I made to her. Fantastic. Right? And she put some stipulations and rules on it. It's cool. First meeting, a couple of people showed up. And now I think 25, 30 businesses minimum are going to every meeting that she has. It's cool. I'm going to fly in and speak at one of them pretty soon. And it might turn into a convention later on. That's an idea that we have, but that's later in the future. However, that first part that's required is this. You have to have the conversation and make the connection. More people you know, more information you have, bigger your network gets, more opportunities that you have. You want to start breaking 100,000, 200,000, 500,000, a million. This is what you need. It's not just about who you know, it's who knows you. Who knows you? And if you're just sitting at home on your computer, no one's going to know you. Again, if you're the TikTok dancer, no one's going to know you, right? We, 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 I, I will crush the influencer if I meet somebody at the door. Why? The door knock and the call and the real conversation beats the influencer every time. And people forget this. The real conversation and connection destroys everything else. If you master that, you will always make good money and you'll have the opportunity to grow. How do you recruit talent for your team? How do you recruit vendors to be your top vendors to work with you? Conversation. You're going to have to meet people and talk to them and transact. You're not going to do this stuff online. You're not going to do this stuff another way. Right? We have to think here, but that requires you getting out. So you have the previewing method, right? And then door knocking around it while you simultaneously educate yourself while getting contacts, right? Get out there and door knock the expireds of Fizzbos, all the classic stuff. Okay. Another lead source is fantastic. It's absentee owners, right? Go after them. If you guys aren't getting calling lists of absentee owners, please go after them. I've been saying this for years, but nobody seems to do it. Call the absentee owners, please. I remember there was a moment where every, I think, 20 or 25 conversations I was having with the absentee owner while I was tracking it, I was getting a bona fide listing appointment. That's on average every two hours. Pretty cool. And I was new at the time. I think I was like a couple months in. And I think my second, my second listing was an absentee owner and my third. Actually, my first one too. Wow. Yeah. Because that was a cold call, but it was an absentee owner. Very good lead source. Okay. What am I getting at here? We have to get out there and talk to people. The methods of direct marketing and sales haven't changed. If you guys need to go to my YouTube, I have hundreds of videos and playlists on some of that basic stuff. I don't want to just repeat myself on this webinar. Okay. But you got to do that and you got to do it consistently and at a high level. Later on, you can shift three, four years later when you have 500, 1,000, 2,000 people in your database. Now, if you work that and build it correctly with this next process I'll give you, you can get more than enough business from that to make 100,000 and more. And you don't have to kill yourself, in quotes, grinding the expireds and all that stuff. But remember that the conversation is where it's at. Okay, number two, building on this. I didn't write system. I wrote follow-up system and process because this is key. First question I have for you. What is your definition of a lead, ladies and gentlemen? What is your definition of a lead? Because all of this starts with that. Definition of a lead for us and Team BC is someone who's going to transact and buy and sell in 30 days or less. And pretty soon, I think we're going to cut it down to shorter time period because now we're doing more deals. 30 days or less, okay? If you have like six months or a year, that's too much. You got to cut it down. 
because then it becomes difficult for you to create a follow-up system if somebody who's going to sell in a year is a bona fide lead to you. Okay. So we have two pieces here. We have the follow-up, which is a lead. And then you have your system. Your system in your database is separate from your follow-up system. Somebody in your database who's going to sell in two years is not a lead. Based on the definition that I gave that you need to determine for yourself, it's someone who's going to transact in 30 days or less for me. So I have a follow-up folder and system that then ties into my database. So what is it for us? Okay, I'll break it down for you. A lead is someone who's going to sell in 30 days or less. Now, I have three folders within that system, okay? Follow-up system. Number one is appointments. People who we've set a bona fide appointment with, a buyer or a seller, goes in the appointment folder, okay? You can have this on your computer or physical folders. I used to do physical folders and lead sheets, buyer and seller sheets. It's the easiest way to do it. Number two is a hot lead. Hot lead is somebody who's going to meet with me and set an appointment in seven days or less, right? Okay, and once we set the appointment, boom, they go to the appointment folder, right? All of this feeds. Now, if they're greater than one week away and 30 days or less, they're now what's considered a warm lead, okay? So these are folders. Every Monday when I would start, because Sunday was really the only like half day or kind of rest day that I would have, but I still worked, right? Monday, right? Hot leads, you look at every day and appointment folders every day to remind yourself and to look at them, right? But the warm leads, it would be two days, Mondays and usually Tuesdays or Wednesdays, whatever you decide. I would look at the warm leads twice in a week because those are the people that are more than a week away or a month away, right? This is when you refer to your notes. This is when you take a look at the leads and refer back to the conversations that you had to determine, am I going to text or call this person? No? Okay, I'll do it tomorrow, right? But you look at your leads every day. Those are your bona fide leads, right? After that, if anybody says, I'm going to buy and sell in three months, so greater than 30 days or up to a year, they're now in my first tier of my database system, okay? Now, when they're in the first tier, when they get down to 30 days, guess what? They go from tier one to my lead follow-up system. They're now a warm lead. You see how this ties together? This is how you make sure that nothing slips through the cracks, okay? This is how you make sure that nothing slips through the cracks, right? This is how I have these systems so put well together that I never have a lead slip through my fingers, which I'm sure has happened to you, okay? Now, the tier one is either past clients, people that I know personally, or someone who's gonna transact in real estate in a year or less, but more than 30 days, right? Anyone else that I meet cold calling, door knocking, open houses, et cetera, et cetera, is gonna go into the second tier, right? So I have two tiers for the database system, all right? Okay, that's the system in a nutshell. There's a lot more, but I wanna keep it simple for you, right? What you wanna effectively do is have a database that feeds both follow-up system database. Now, what do I do within that? You're posting on social media, emails, I send everybody, Leads, database system. Everybody gets a weekly email. Everybody gets a weekly email, right? These are the four emails that we rotate. Customer testimonial, right? If you don't have one, use your brokerage's testimonials. We have that. We do a featured listing, which is one of our team listings, or pick a hot listing in your market that's nice and feature that. Number three, a market update, meaning a general market update for the areas that you work. Okay. And number four, 
I send once a month an educational video to my database, either giving them updates on current events, breaking a real estate myth. Another series I've done is interviewing my vendors so they get to know them. So it's like meet my team. I did a whole series for like a year, year and a half where they met like my lender, they met our termite inspector, our home inspectors. And I interviewed them for about 20 or 30 minutes, having them explain, hey, you know, Miss escrow officer. So when we take our file to escrow, what is opening escrow? And I had them explain the whole process. And I got amazing feedback from our database doing that. I interviewed my vendors and introduced them to the world, basically. Our database of, I think, our database now has like 2,600 people or something like that. Amazing, right? That, your lead follow-up system and all these other things is what allows you to stay top of mind with people, right? But the most important part, the most important part that you need to pay attention to, and this is where the money's at, is setting the appointment and making sure that you guys nail the presentation. Because whether it's a buyer or a seller, if you don't get them to sign on the dotted line, all that work that you did was for nothing. And all of you would agree, which is why on this, I put skills and I capitalized it, skill. That is something that I hang my hat on, that I focused on from day one. And I said, no one's gonna touch me eventually with my skill. I've, I've done listing presentations in front of thousands of people, right? And been put under microscopes. I volunteered to do it in front of my offices in the past. And I put myself feet into the fire to make sure that my skills are world-class. Because when I sit in front of a seller or a buyer, I'm, I'm not going to miss out on the deal because I didn't know what to say and my skill wasn't up to par. That was a commitment I made to myself in the beginning, right? And I'm, I'm bringing that up to you guys because to some people that, I don't know why, but that sounds cliche or something. As if skills is just like, oh yeah, you know, you just talk to people. No, no. If you think you're just talking to people, you have no idea what you're doing. You have no idea what you're doing. And you may be having some success, but when you compare strategy, tactics, and higher level persuasion with, I'm just going with the flow or I just talk to people, this one will annihilate the other one. This one that's not doing it might make 50K a year. This version of you over here would make two, three, four, 500,000 without changing much by having a world-class skill set. Why? Because the same people who hang up on you are the ones that I actually have a conversation with and set an appointment and list. Then you're sitting there scratching your head saying, I didn't even get to talk to them. How did they list? What's the difference? Skill. What's the difference between getting a door slammed in your face or hung up on, on the phone versus actually opening up the conversation? Skill. You need to put this at the very top of your priority list, especially now going into a changing market. Why? Up until recently, it didn't matter what the seller said. Oh, we want a list for 500. You know, it's worth 450. What are you thinking? Eh, I don't have to say anything. It's probably going to sell. Or you know what, Mr. Seller, I'll meet you halfway or let's do 480, 490. You get them down a little bit. You list it, still sells. That's, that's going to stop happening if it hasn't already stopped happening in your markets. Because now you're going to be at that point in the conversation where they're at 500 and you have to get them down to 450. Otherwise, it's not going to sell. And you know it. That takes a lot more skill because then guess what? When you get them down 50,000, what's the next thing you think they're going to go after? Your commission, right? Or the likelihood of them coming after your commission goes up a ton. Do you have the poise to have those conversations? Now, some of you have maybe never been in a shifting market like that where now you have to get real with your clients about pricing. Maybe for most of you, the listings you've gotten have been slam dunks. 
where you can overprice it or all your sellers have been pretty okay with the price and it's been smooth sailing. Great. That's obviously how you want it. But what happens when the market starts shifting and now where they think it's at, it's going the other way and it's going down and you have to preemptively maybe underprice it a little bit more to make sure that it sells and it gets the activity, right? That's skill. That's skill to in the moment be able to do that and then get them to agree and not kick you out of the house and then go with the next guy who lies to them and just says whatever to get the listing. Because that's happened to me where I lose the listing and then some other bozo comes in and just lies to him, right? But there's a level you can get to where you prevent that, right? Now, that takes obsession about your skill set and it takes an extreme amount of dedication and learning information that other people refuse to learn or will not learn. And I'm bringing this up to you guys because your process, meaning what you do to better your skills, you need to create an action plan and a strategy around that because it's not just going to happen from you having conversations. That's going to be a part of it for sure. Are you actively learning new things and applying it to your conversations? Question number one, what other information are you bringing in that supplements what you're doing in real estate? Are you familiar with human, human psychology? Have you mastered body language yet, right? Have you yourself been in a position now where you are speaking and running meetings and holding events to where now you have to captivate and hold an audience's attention at a higher level? So now a listing presentation for you is a step down and it's easy because you've conquered bigger battles and bigger wars, right? Putting yourself in the position through your own efforts and what you've done to acquire the skill set. What are you going to do differently? Because everyone else is going on YouTube and listening to podcasts. What are you specifically, this is what you have to ask yourself and write down and commit to. What are you going to do differently that other people aren't doing to be able to deliver at a level that they're not? Right? Because the skill is the one equalizer for you. You guys don't have the income yet. You don't have the track record. You don't have the fancy brokerage. You don't have the fancy marketing. You don't have the fancy suit. Skill is your grand equalizer. This is what allows you, regardless even sometimes of what they may initially think when they look at you, that when you open your mouth, they're locked in. And they're like, okay, yeah. I remember sellers telling me that. You know what? In the beginning, I wasn't taking you serious because I thought you were a kid. But as you started talking, okay, I knew you were the real deal. I've heard that from many sellers, many times. And I knew I would get that in the beginning of my career, right? Still had braces. Everyone thought I was fucking like 21, 10 years ago. I still get it to this day from some people. Damn, you've been in real estate 10 years? What the fuck? Right? But see, that in itself is not a negative comment. Your insecurity about you having a lack of experience is what makes that a bad comment. That's the, the, that's the change. Now, when you have the skill, you don't have that insecurity anymore. Right? So this is why this thing is the grand equalizer for you. All right? Because the next thing that I want to uh, talk to you guys about, and this is kind of like to wrap up everything, and then I'll open it up to Q&A for you guys for a little bit. Your... Your education in this business, you learning skills and you becoming a master realtor or a master at your profession is your responsibility. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. Your acquisition of knowledge and climbing of the ladder of expertise in this business 
is your responsibility. It's not up to me or anybody else to spoon feed you or teach you anything. And you've learned that if you've been in business for more than six months or a year. Okay. Brokers aren't by law required to train you. It would make sense for them to, but remember 90% plus of the industry is out within six months or a year. Why would they train you? If they know the odds are nine out of 10, you're going to be out of here. Why would I invest this time and effort into you? That's what they're thinking. So we can make an argument that they should raise the standard. And I agree. However, the reality is they don't have to. It's your responsibility. You look at the information age and YouTube and all this free stuff, the failure rate in the industry has gone up since I joined 10 years ago. And that to me is hard to believe. But it's your responsibility, meaning no one's going to come. I'm not going to come knocking on your door one day. Hey, bro, take this program and do this and do that. It's not going to happen. Meaning you're going to have to create an approach and a game plan for bettering your skills, becoming a master and doing all that stuff. And it's going to take a lot of effort and time and commitment and a lot required from you that you've probably never given before. If you want to take this business to that level and start breaking a hundred thousand and all that, right? Because let's be real about this. The average agent is struggling, dude. They're not making any money. I think uh, when I got in the business, right, I don't know how much has changed. The, the first two-year average salary of an agent was like 7000 and then like 12000 or something. Like that. It was horrible. Maybe it's gone up. I don't know because the average price point has gone up a lot, right? Let's say it's doubled. It's still pathetic, right? Average agent doing what? Three or four transactions a year? That's the average agent. It's sad. But it's your responsibility, okay? That is something I accepted from day one. Even though I wasn't told it, when I looked at my actions and my mentality, it was that. That's why my thirst for knowledge was never quenched. I was always this, that, what event can I go to? Like always next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing to get better while everyone else was just sitting back, right? That level of obsession is going to be required, at least in this category. If I'm going to, if I'm going to recommend anything that you obsess about, it's your skill set, please, because that translates to everything. Your newsletters, if you type them, will be done better. The video that you create will be more captivating and capture people's attention, right? Because you want to grow your social media organically and get people to come in. Well, if you're a bozo behind the camera, what's going to happen? Nothing. No one's going to take you serious. You could be a very good realtor, but if you sound like shit on video, guess what? People are going to judge you based on that. Which is why to a lot of people that try to clown me, oh, long hair, tattoos, earrings. Yeah, but I communicate better than you, motherfucker. So what's up? So when we sit next to the seller, they sign with me and you walk away without anything. And you're sitting there like, hmm, I told you that's the equalizer. That's the equalizer. It rubs off into every single thing that you want to do. You want more confidence? Become a better communicator. You want to do better in real estate? Become a fantastic communicator. Become better. You want better self-esteem? Learn to communicate better. Why? Because in your communication with yourself improves. And the self-talk and everything going on up here begins to shift. And guess what? Then the world outside of you changes. Then what happens? People respond to you differently because that's what happens. You change, then the world responds to you based on what you're putting out. So when you start making phone calls and you go door to door, the immediate impact you make before you even open your mouth changes. And that's what causes people to respond to you differently. This is why a lot of times when you've gone for a listing appointment and you haven't gotten the listing appointment, you already lost it probably within a minute of going in based on how you were moving and acting because you didn't take control. You didn't exemplify leadership. 
right? You didn't take the proper steps to demonstrate that, hey, I'm the expert here coming to give you a consultation. Right? Immediately you had a game plan and then you threw it out the window when the seller interrupted you or said, oh no, let's do this. And you're like, okay, I need to be polite. You just lost it right there. Right? Whenever you're on quicksand in regards to your foundation, especially with skills, you will crumble in this business and you will never hit a hundred thousand. I don't know about you. I don't know anybody who has told me in real estate, I don't know what the hell I'm doing and I'm making a lot of money. I don't know any examples like that. I can maybe think of one in my career, maybe. And I think she's like, not even at a hundred thousand. It's probably like 70, 80. And same thing. Oh, I don't need to work on skills. I don't need to do any of that stuff. Okay, cool. How else can you improve your skills? Great question, right? Well, there's a lot you can do. When you guys start studying different subjects and going to events and reading books, right? Evolutionary psychology is huge. Social dynamics is huge, right? Neurolinguistic programming is huge. Hypnosis, study that stuff because it has all to do with communication in the mind and how we respond to certain words, right? Why do you think in the scripts, they put lines like this? I'm not saying dot, dot, dot. I'm not saying you should meet with me today, Mr. Seller. If you notice, when I say I'm not saying, I can say whatever I want after that and get away with it. Right? Now, to a lot of people, that might sound weird. There's a reason that I use that. Because whatever's taken after that, when you hear the word not, I'm not saying da 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 you kind of tune it out. And whatever I say after that, it gets accepted into your subconscious mind. And you take it as, as a suggestion. Because if I talk to a FISBO and I say, meet with me today, sir, what are they going to say? Hell no, I don't want to meet with you. I don't need a realtor. But if I say, I'm not saying you should meet with me today, he's not going to have an objection to that. Why? Because I said, I'm not saying. So it allows me to say what I want to say by adding one word, not. Right? Why? Because your mind can't process a negative. You learn this in hypnosis. It's called negation. Your mind can't process a negative. If I say no or not, your mind says not what. So if I say, don't think about a red cat, what does your mind have to do? Bring up the red cat and then throw it away or cancel it. So you thought about the red cat, even though I told you, don't think about a red cat, right? Little stuff like that, right? You imagine taking two, three, four, five things from different subjects and adding it into your dialogues. Now you have a unique skill set that other people do not have. How about our ability to change people's emotional state while we speak to them? If I asked you guys, give me some techniques on how to do that. Could you answer that? Besides mirroring and matching. And people say that, but they don't even know what that means. Right? Because when you initially speak to somebody, especially some of these people that you meet or call, right? let's say they're upset or sad or angry, you think they're going to make a decision to give you their number or meet with you when they're in that state? Of course not. You have to shift that through the conversation. And if you can't do that effectively, not only can you not keep people on the phone or engage in the conversation, they're not going to want to do anything with you because you've heard this saying. It comes from this. People never remember what you said. They remember how you made them feel. So even if that conversation didn't end with me, like with a FISBO or an expired getting the appointment, but I shifted their emotional state into a more empowering or positive one, the odds of me keeping in contact and potentially getting business from them skyrockets. Because when I touched them and had a communication with them, they exited the interaction with a better emotional state. That's a big check mark for me in regards to points to win over other people.
right? Because it's going to be you and other people talking to them. What separates you? What separates you? And that's one of those intangibles, right? But how do I explain that to somebody? Right? Because until that turns into a closed transaction or an appointment, it doesn't mean anything, right? But this is why you need to study these things because this is the stuff that people overlook or don't pay attention to. Now, me, I geeked out about it. I wanted to master communication. I said, man, like what I'm discussing now, what I've been talking about on YouTube and teaching on my coaching and all that stuff, like th this, is, this is what I knew it would be. I knew video would just explode because of the responses that I was getting in the beginning. And when I started studying, I was like, yo, this is incredible, right? I don't know if you know, there's hypnotherapists who have recorded curing people of mental illness through sessions. That's incredible, dude, from just talking to them and using language patterns. No medicine, no electric shock therapy, no surgery, nothing, just conversation. That to me blew my mind. And I said, wow. Now, if that can be done, I can help somebody make a decision to sell a house much easier, right? But that was just me. A lot of people don't care. Like, ah, whatever, right? Like to me, I wanted to be able to go into a room and run the room anywhere. I wanted to, to, to go somewhere and have my presence be felt without me opening my mouth. That's what I wanted because I knew that would translate to real estate too. But more importantly for me, I wanted to develop from the cat to the lion, right? And that's a decision that you need to make. That's a decision that you need to make. If you want to take it to that level, that's what allowed me to immerse myself in these subjects and get really good at them. Okay. So this is what I'll do. Um, I'll pause it for now and I'll open it up to Q and A. If you guys have any questions, um, you know, you can type them. I can give you the ability to unmute and I will just make sure you guys are careful with it. Cause if everybody starts unmuting, it turns into a disaster. Again, this, this wasn't set as a webinar, even though it should have. So the functions are a little bit, um, crazy. Okay. I also brought in Alden, right? You guys can go to my website, you can get on my email list and you'll get a free, um, it's like my, one of my cold calling challenges, you'll get it for free. And Alden dropped the link too. If you guys wanna schedule a free strategy call, we offer that to help people, right? Especially with subjects like this. Try to find role play partners from each of the personality styles. Yep, that's a good one. Um, have you watched the line in the living room? Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't done that, no. Is that a movie? Get involved with community events. Uh, yes, that's a good one. See, and that's a good one that Emmanuel brought up because I was, again, my history is athlete. So what did I do when I got into business? I started donating to elementary schools. I started donating to high schools, right? Sponsoring the teams. And that's, that was my world. So yeah, I got all the fancy stuff. They put the banners and they would talk about me and they would announce me. I didn't care about that because when I would go to the games, now I can meet the parents and talk to them. And organically in those conversations, of course, it's going to come up what you do. You don't have to walk around like, hey, I'm the realtor, take my card, right? But if I'm at a game and there's 50 other adults from our school and they know that I sponsored the kids, it's organically going to open up conversation. But what does that require? That requires you getting off the couch and going to the game. Because guess what, guys? When you sponsor an athletic team, it's a tax write-off. So it benefits me too, and it benefits the kids. The strategy call, Alden dropped the link. How can I get the absentee owner list? All right, Kathy, great question. What I would recommend is you guys subscribe to a software that offers that to you, right? Um, I believe Cole Realty Resource, I'll write, um, I'll write them down. Cole Realty Resource offers them. 
uh, the Haynes directory. These are all softwares that you can get. Some of them you can team up with people, meaning you can put two or three people on an account, split the cost, and it shouldn't be more than maybe like 30, 50 bucks each. Cold call challenge. Yeah. Um, so when you sign up on my email list, Joey, on my website, which is uh, this one, I think it's that one right there, that email list, when you subscribe, it will send you, it's a five hour challenge. One of the challenges that I did, you'll get that for free as a download. So Alden put the link for the strategy call. The bit.ly link is a strategy call if you guys want it. It's a free one. Advice to a nine to five worker who wants to become a full-time agent. My goal is to quit this year. Okay. So what you need to do, key, um, I don't know if that's short for Keith, right? You, you need to create a plan where you're eventually going to make the transition. So when I started at My Century 21 in Downey, California, before moving to Florida, um, I remember Fernando, right? I'll never forget him. Uh, opened up his doors to me and talked to me a little bit when I was new because he saw that I was like consistent and hustling. And he told me about how he used to work a job from like 6 or 7 a.m. until like 1 or 2 p.m. And then he would come into the office and work from like 2.33 until like 8 or 9. So he was a full-time job transitioning. And he did that for a year before he finally cut off his job. But he told me, this is the key. He said, I created a plan and executed it. But I told myself, after a year, I'm leaving my job. He's like, I don't care how I feel about it, how scared I am, I'm leaving my job. And he did. And to this day, I think he's one of the top agents at, that, at the company. He consistently makes between two to 400,000 in commissions every year, right? But he created a plan, which was basic. Hey, when I come in, I'm gonna make calls, I'm gonna follow up, I'm gonna do the activities I need to do, right? But it required a tremendous amount of sacrifice. He literally worked 12, 14, 16 hour days for a year straight, like six, seven days a week, right? You have to implement the simple stuff over time and then make the commitment to say, I'm leaving this day. Because the people that I have talked to that end up always being on the fence are the people that won't pull the plug on their job, right? You're not gonna get full-time results in real estate with part-time effort, unfortunately. So you have to create a plan, execute it, and then honor your plan. So if you set, hey, I'm starting August 1st, full-time job and five, six hours a day in real estate, a year from now, August 1st, 2023, I'm, I'm pulling the plug on my job, right? Because that's something I found in common with the two or three big producers that I knew and met early on that all transitioned from another job, full-time job into real estate. They did that. And two out of the three told me by the time that year came up, they weren't in a good position to quit, but they still quit their job and went full-time into real estate. I got a list of absentee owners from my title company. Great. Technically, P, I think you're not supposed to do that, right? Um, so I wouldn't tell everybody that. But uh, I know they used to be able to do it. I don't know if they can now. Maybe they changed the laws. But for a while, they stopped doing it for us because they said they couldn't do that. Mojo Circle Prospecting allows for absentee numbers. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's a good one too, right? The Mojo, when I started with Mojo, the dialer, they didn't have leads. Now they do. Now they sell you numbers and stuff, neighborhood numbers, right? They didn't have the data when I started. So that's something that they added a couple of years ago. Cool. Anything else, y'all? It could be non-related. I mean, it's up to you. I know we kind of whiz through everything here, but we only have like 45 minutes or an hour. If you sponsor a team, your business brand will be on the kids' shirts. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, absolutely. Just like um, I've sponsored two boxers in the last couple months. So you'll see Team BC on their shorts. It's pretty cool.
And, and really, it's just another conversational piece and another community or group of people that you get access to at an intimate level that you otherwise wouldn't have access to. It's pretty cool, right? But those are in addition to all these other things, right? When you start adding all this stuff up, you can't help but you know stumble on success just based on the law of averages if you consistently do it. The biggest issue I see is people will do this stuff and then they fall off and they don't do it consistently. For you guys to have legitimate results doing this stuff, you have to do it day in and day out to build the momentum. The opportunity wouldn't be present if you could just come in the business and be killing it within a couple of weeks. Then everybody would be doing it and the opportunity wouldn't be available. What do most people do? They do it for a couple of weeks, a month, two months, and they, they fall off because, oh, like I've had people message me that they're like, man, I've been in the business three months and I've only done a couple of deals. I'm like, dude, what are you complaining about? You're doing deals. Right. So their perspective is so warped that they're actually transacting, but they're still finding something bad in it. Right. Morning routine. Okay. Back then, I'm going to give you the morning routine of back then when I was boots to the ground, one man show, building up my business. Right. Every day. And I'm going to give it to you from waking up until going to sleep. Every day I was out of my bed by 5.15, 5.20 every day. And the first thing I would do would be go to the gym. I'd go to the gym, which is about 10 minutes away. I work out for about 45 minutes or an hour. Then I come back. Okay. From there, I would normally shower, get ready, maybe eat something very light, some fruit. And by 6.45, if that was a day that I was going to the office to make calls, because I would alternate door knocking and calling in the morning. Right. I will alternate some days call in the morning early, some days knock early. Right. If I was going to go to the office at that point, um, I would go to the office and I would take a book with me because I'd get to the office by, you know, in 15 minutes, that would give me a good about 30 minutes to read. Right. Now, if I wasn't, I would get ready. Then I would read. Okay. By seven 30, I would be on my first role play call from seven 30 to eight by eight. Right. I'm on the phone or I was doing that role play call from 7.30 to 8, driving to my first destination, a door knock and expired or whatever I set out. So at 8, I'm either starting on the doors or I'm on the phone and I would go four hours straight until 12. I would take little five minute breaks here and there, but basically four hours of prospecting at 12 to 1, I would take a break. All right now, yes, for my morning routine. So maybe I'll stop there. But the morning routine was workout, read, role play, get to work. Right. That's basically what it was in a nutshell, right? Now, if I got to the office, I'd be ready for my role play. I'd be reading. And then if I had to populate the numbers from Red X, the expires, it would take me a minute, click, boom, I'm ready to call. You know, it's simple. And I remember after a couple months, they would interview me and put me on panels. I'm like, I'm not doing anything fucking special. I'm doing the same shit they tell you guys. It's just, I'm doing it and you're sitting in the audience and you don't. I'm not special. I just do what I'm supposed to do. I don't even know why I'm sitting up here. <laughs> I was like, I haven't even done that many deals. It's just, I do what I'm told. You guys don't. That's the difference. You know? And that's why people would always like, I felt like when people would ask me questions, they were expecting me to say some secret thing. I'm like, no, dude. Now I still wake up early now. I'm usually up every day by six at the latest because it's so ingrained in me. Now, do I have to wake up at that time now? No, I don't have to do any of this shit, but I enjoy doing it working out, reading, right? Like I love doing it now. So it's not, I have to do it and follow my schedule. It's, this is what I love to do. It's cool. I still read a lot. I still read minimum, probably an hour, hour and a half every day, every day. And, and 
one thing I'd recommend to you guys to transition is if you find yourself doing a lot of like video studying, change that more to reading and doing conventional stuff. Right? Because it's very easy to, to watch videos and stuff, but you'll get so much more from reading, highlighting it, taking notes. Because um, uh, I'll watch videos every once in a while, but usually it's because I'm studying a specific subject. You know, and if I do look on YouTube, I'll find a couple of videos. But, you know, if I look at a course or whatever, it's very like specialized what I'm looking for. Right. Because if you guys find yourself getting caught just watching a bunch of YouTube videos, right, you want to get away from that as much as possible and get back to the traditional stuff. It's going to help you so much. Or go to one place where, you know, you're learning from somebody and it's a video set on a particular subject. So it's, it's hyper focused on what you want to work on. So if you're on this and you know, hey, I really got to up my skills. You shouldn't be watching content on alien invasions and all this random stuff that has nothing to do, nothing to do with you building your business, right? Because th that's what happens, right? You tap into people and other environments and conversations and, and threads that have nothing to do with where you want to go. And that's distracting you, right? That's distracting you. Um, I've recommended a ton of books, but this is a good book. Pitch anything. Uh, here's another one. Personality selling. I'm typing them in the, uh, those are two good ones. I recommend you read if you haven't, right? Again, if you guys are interested in getting your free strategy call, Alden can put the link and you guys can sign up there. It just puts you to the calendar and you can go uh, set up an appointment. What else is going on, y'all? Any other questions? I'll stay on for like five or 10 more minutes if you have any. Could be non-related to the webinar as well. It could be anything that you guys have. Could we still schedule a strategy call if you're not licensed yet? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Click that link that Alden put, guys, the BIT link that he just posted right above your messages and schedule your call. Um, but yes, uh, Jenny. Yeah, I think that's you, right? Jenny, yes. Even if you're not licensed, you can schedule it. Do I still have a team in California? Yes, we're in, uh, Team BC is in, last I checked, 16 states. 16 states. Why the move to Florida? Well, I did a couple of videos on it, uh, Giovanni, but a lot of reasons. Taxes, right? Quality of life. Um, I'd been planning on getting a second home here anyway for years. But really what finally put the nail in the coffin, aside from all the other stuff, was all the stuff in, uh, that was happening with COVID, right? Like that stuff really... And for a lot of people, it was a surprise that I started talking about that stuff, but it got to a point where it was affecting my personal life because now it limited where I could go and what I could do. And, you know, I just want to be left alone and have my freedom to do whatever I want. So that was not the only reason, but another one that kind of pushed me over the edge to accelerate the move, uh, moving from California to, to Florida. Plus, nothing was really keeping me in Cali. You know, I'm the only one in my family born in the States and I was born in LA, but we have no family there. So, you know, yeah, I have my roots there and my friends and all that, but it wasn't really a big deal for me. Most of my friends had already moved out of California anyway to different states, Nevada, Oklahoma, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina. Um, so nothing was really keeping me in California either. And lastly, I'm just, I'm kind of a gypsy. I like going around like this last year growing my team. Um, I really enjoy traveling. I went to Montana, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Oregon, Arizona, 
uh, New Jersey, Delaware, Rhode Island. Like I, I probably went to like 15 states. It was cool. With scripts, any scripts. I always use a Mike Ferry scripts, Daisy. I think you can still get those for free. Is Team BC in New York? We had a member in New York. I don't know if he's still with us, Dina. So I don't know if we still have somebody in New York. When's the next DA event? Uh, pretty soon, man. I'll announce it pretty soon. But yes, I still have a team in Florida. Jonah. Uh, cool. Awesome, Emmanuel. Hell yeah, man. House flip. Sweet, dude. Welcome to Florida. I'm in South Florida, Rebecca. I'm in Miami. I'm in the city. Love it here. Yes, it's very easy to get overwhelmed. And if I'm going to leave you guys with anything, the people that stayed on here, less is more. You're, you're in a position now where, like, when I started this YouTube thing, like, when I started making videos, I was, like, the only one besides, like, maybe my friend Colton and my other friend Derek Lipsky that have a few cold call videos. So I didn't have all this extra stuff. It was what my broker told me, and that's it, and their system. Now, you get, you get bombarded with ads. You go to Instagram and TikTok. You don't need a cold call. Wait, yes, cold call. Oh, no, do this. Pick whatever you're going to do. If you're going to follow my advice, pick this and stick with it and, and go with it. Because if you start trying to take from 12 different systems and then mash it together, it's just not going to work. Tips on how to not be so awkward on video. Uh, repetition. It's going to take time, right? And yes, a lot of it comes from becoming a better communicator, for sure. So if you're not, I recommend you guys do Toastmasters. Toastmasters requires you to do public speaking in front of people. Toastmasters, all one word. They should have local branches by all of you. That will force you to speak on the spot about subjects that they give you and work on your public speaking. That will in turn help you on video, absolutely. I'm six months in real estate. Uh, my license is in, how long? How soon would you recommend getting a license in another state? I would focus on your state, Lorena. I wouldn't focus on another state unless you're going to move there like pretty soon. You got licensed in Georgia, stay licensed in Georgia and build your business. I wouldn't recommend you get licensed in multiple states unless you're about to grow a team there or something and it makes sense, right? Cool. Uh, if you want, Alden, you can drop because we're about to finish. Drop the link one more time. If you guys want to schedule your call, you're more than welcome to. He'll drop the link one more time. Any final questions, thoughts, concerns? Anything? If you guys want, um, I can send out this recording to you for all of you that registered because we have the list of the emails. We'll send this out once I'm done here.